I have never taken a picture for any other reason than that at that moment it made me happy to do so. If it makes you cry, it goes into the show. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio, and welcome to episode 113. And please excuse the tardiness of this episode. Uh, it's been a very kind of rough, I want to say rough couple of weeks, few weeks in general, but uh, I have been sort of postponing recording this, obviously, since it's late, as you'll have noticed. And uh, But uh, tonight, uh, as I'm recording, just a lot of stuff has been going on. <laughs> I got a, I got a, somewhere, somewhere I got a sick, sick cat, or at least not well, and certainly put on the distractions. Um so, yeah, just a lot of life stuff coming in, and so I just uh, ask your forgiveness for for coming in a little bit late, and maybe with not just a huge plan of anything to talk about uh, other than, let's see, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, this was just something that had come up last week, this weekend that just passed. I attended a family birthday party. For uh, my twin nieces, and uh, it was a lot of fun. We spent the weekend out with them, and uh, Saturday was the party. Um, and uh, you know, just like and this was a significant birthday for both of them, uh, and uh, they had a lot of people there, and it was a big event. It wasn't in a house; it was in a event space. And uh, you know, just like any significant family event, uh, someone uh, in this case, uh, one of my nieces. Uh, her husband, uh, who's also, uh, a, a, you know, he's like a videographer, photographer. He loves um, recording all the family events and, and whatnot. And he doesn't do it by profession. He just, he just, uh, he's almost got more gear than me, I think. Um, he uh, put together a slideshow of all the pictures, you know, from, the, they were turning, uh, it was their 50th birthday. And uh, so he went and put the slideshow together and, uh, you know, you, you picture the, you know, you can picture the scene where the, everybody's sitting around the tables and, and we've all had our dinner and now it's, t you know, time, uh, for the uh, slideshow and the slideshow of course gets a little messed up. The, uh, there's some technical glitches that go on and so things don't quite happen. And, you know, there's a computer someplace and some, uh, speakers and a, and a screen set up. And once things get running, you know, the slideshow progresses and you start with these, you know, pictures from when they were first born. And uh, then we progress on the, you know, the first step pictures and the cute dresses they're wearing or the overalls when they're toddlers. And, you know, we keep going and we see the gifts opening up when they're, uh, you know, like five years old at the, during the holidays and shots of them at the amusement park and, uh, you know, uh, at the school play. I mean, this is not exactly what we saw, but you know, you're getting the you're getting the image, and then, and those pictures go on for a while, and they and then they suddenly begin to change, in some way, and uh, you know, not talking about how the person, the people are looking uh, as they grow up, but rather how the style of the pictures begin to change, because you know, first we have all these we have these shots directly of them as as children, and then at some point we shift and 
the shots are no longer candid shots. They've become these sort of group shots with people at events. And everybody's sort of lining up in front of the camera and, you know, looking at the camera and, uh, uh, you know, groups of people and the pictures will be taken. And, and at some point, like I said, it, there's this shift from, you know, someone who's taking the pictures of them as young people, uh, adolescents, children. And then somehow we move into this sort of documenting where we are, where they are, I should say. Excuse me. You know, everybody. Well, I, I'll include myself because I've got family pictures of me standing there at some event. And, you know, maybe now and then there's a few other like uh, variable types of images, you know, action pictures and like that. But a lot of them are like, you know, at someone's birthday party or at some wedding or at, you know, Disneyland or in Paris standing in front of the Eiffel Tower. Uh, and, and most of the shots are, again, these sort of documents of these uh, periods of time. And I, you know, I'm watching these, I'm watching the show and this was like sort of the first time I sort of noticed this that there was this shift and I, I began to think about it. Is this something that, that, uh, happens all the time in, in these kind of things in these kind of life event slideshows that, that we see. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm only going by a scale of one right now because I just, I just started to notice this on this one. So I'm actually kind of curious that if this happens to other people, if you've noticed this, but, uh, anyway, I'll get back to that in a minute. Yeah, and uh, you know, by the time the slide shows, oh, usually there's music involved with this, right? Music always helps bring out the emotions of the scene. The the person who's putting together the slideshow usually picks out someone's favorite songs or a few favorite songs and puts music to it. And the slideshows have the, at least these days now, have the Ken Burns effect, you know, so the pictures are moving. So it's you know, it's less like a slideshow for those of us who used to sit through slideshows. <laughs> <laughs> and and watch them is more like a you know it's more like a video you know because there's some movement and stuff like that and just to pause for a second about that um i don't know how many of you are or uh, have have actually um sat through real slideshows uh, with a carousel and uh what's a carousel kodak uh carousel projectors which was this uh slide projector and they put this sort of round slide holding device on it. It was called a carousel. And you, I think you remember how many slides you could put into them. Uh, and when I talk about slides, I'm talking about transparencies, uh, like Kodachrome or Ectochrome slides that were in cardboard or plastic mounts. And I think you could put 80, 80 slides in this. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. And, you know, someone would set up the projector which was usually this Kodak projector with a lens and a really, really hot lamp. So if you're in a hot room with no air conditioning, that lamp and that projector made the room just, it was nightmarish. And there was a fan in it, so it was blowing out all the hot air from the halogen bulb. And so there's this constant shh, this fan going And the slide, when uh, someone would uh, advance the slide with a remote control, it made this distinctive noise, kajunk, kajunk, as the slide dropped in front of the uh, lens and projected on the screen. And then, um, oh, one second. Uh, I'm just getting a text from my wife. Okay, she wants me to pick her up on the way home. So I'm going to have to cut this short because I'm going to have to go out and pick up my wife. I'm going to just text her here, yes. <laughs> so she doesn't think I'm sorry. <laughs> this is happening live. Uh, yeah, so I got, a, I got about... 
We have a little ways to go. Anyway, uh, the slide projector would make this distinctive sound. It would drop the slide in front, project it, and, and then it would shove it out of the way and make the next one go. And you'd only have about 80 slides. But then, you know, you, you walked into the room and you saw three or four containers of slides, uh, carousel sitting there. You knew you were in for a really long and probably unbearable slideshow. Uh, and I just remember those things. If you had a really sophisticated uncle who was showing these slides, he might have two projectors with a dissolve unit between them. And that would just allow the, uh, uh, what it would do is you'd have two projectors and this dissolve unit between them. And when you switch, you'd have the uh, two trays on either uh, projector. And you would alternate, you know, from one projector to the next. And there would be a dissolve between the two. It would dim the light on one and raise the light on the other. And actually it was a really nice effect. Uh, very cinematic. Now we don't even think about that because, you know, any kind of slideshow app would just type in dissolve, you know, or whatever kind of transition we want to do. So, um, yeah. So if if you had an uncle who did that, at least the the show would be at least more a little more visually interesting instead of abrupt slide dropping in there. But again, if you walked in and you saw these carousels, you just knew you're in for just something painful because. <laughs> you know? But nobody taught the uncle what to do is how to edit the slides down, you know, so we weren't watching them. Uh, and he might have some music, but that was a lot harder to synchronize music to the uh, to the slide projectors. Uh, although it could be done. Actually, a while back, there was a uh, there was a show in New York uh, played for a long time. It was called the New York. I think it was called the New York Experience. And it was a multimedia projector music show. And I think there were I never went to go see it. So I'm just sort of if anybody saw it. They're going to probably correct me, but what I think it was, it was a multiple screen. And I talk about multiple screen. I think there was like probably more than a dozen screens. I could be wrong, but it was a lot of screens and each one had a projector on it. And it was projecting something with about New York in, in some sort of crazy order. Uh, and uh, along with music and there might've been something else going on with it. There might've been moving images too, uh, films and stuff like that, but it was a multimedia uh, presentation shows just picture you know multiple screens showing multiple slides and in fact um just recently when i went to the gary winogrand show at the brooklyn museum they did a slideshow mainly because they were showing winogrand's color work so the only way to really show it and the way it was originally intended to be seen was through a slide projector and so they had multiple slide well they had multiple projectors. They didn't have slide projectors. I guess what they did was scanned his work. And each, like, station, each slide station had a different era uh, of his uh, photographic time period. And you would sit sort of in front of it, and there were three screens showing uh, three different images that were somehow related to the period of time that they were, they were showing. And they all sort of went, not randomly, but they sort of... Uh, they weren't in sync, so they sort of scattered. And then you watch these sort of three screens, and then when you were done, you could start seeing the slides repeat, then you would go to the next screen. So that was very interesting. That was like a multimedia. And there was, I think, one, two, three, four, five, there might have been eight sections, maybe eight or ten sections for you to go and sit uh, on either side of this long wall. If I, I'll try to put a, I think I took a picture of it. I'll put a picture of it in the, in the show notes so you can see what it looked like. Um, but it was like, you know, it was a slideshow. Gary Winogrand was shooting color. And back then, the color that you would shoot was was uh, transparencies. And the way you would really see them is the only way you really could see them is this, is projecting because you really couldn't print. It was very hard to print slides 
uh, generally because it required uh, you either had to make an internegative out of it and then print uh, like you would a negative or any kind of direct transfer of a slide to a, to uh, a paper had to be it was incredibly difficult a company I mean you, you got you guys probably know Ilford and they made a process called Cibachromes and Cibachromes were actually a really nice way to present slides on on um, paper but it was a very complicated process and I think there was a few other processes but uh, again it wasn't very easy so slides were meant to be projected uh, generally you know uh, uh, if they were not being shot for a magazine or something anyway I, I'm sort of getting off the <laughs> gone off sort of a on a side where was I uh, slideshows parties uh, oh right so um, yeah so I'm wa we're watching this slideshow, and like I said, there was some point where the pictures transitioned from, you know, shooting them as little kids to suddenly everybody lined up. And I, I thought it was a really interesting, distinct sort of timeline when that happened. You know, like it just, you know, it was almost, I think, uh, when they started to become grown-ups is when those pictures started to show up. These Everybody sort of in a line. Uh, and I don't know what that's about. I just noticed it. It was something I actually, you know, this show is going to be about things I noticed. And that I don't necessarily have answers for it. And, you know, the pictures went up, uh, the slideshow went up to the to current times. Uh, and then, you know, it ended and there was not a, you know, dry eye in the house. Uh, everybody was crying with emotion, not sad, but just, you know, full of emotion. And uh, I was um, I was kind of amazed by it. And a couple of things that like crossed my mind about this was first of all we all know that the the quality of these pictures I mean this is not going to come out right not the quality yes well the quality uh let's see let's well let's look at the 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 um technical qualities of the images right they're snapshots right so we're not there nobody's looking for you know beautiful art pictures they're you know snaps with with point and shoot cameras uh, in, in this case, the time period, some of the stuff was with film, so had all the problems with film. And some of it towards later, we had digital. And then there's this in-between part where the digital camera was kind of, you know, just starting. So the quality kind of took a dip. It was really interesting to see that because you, you had these film shots that were really pretty good. And then digital or, or like snapshotty cameras, like Instamatics and stuff like that, then the quality drops. And then we get closer to now where the quality just increases with, you know, iPhone pictures and, and, and modern digital cameras. It just goes up. So the physical quality really shifted throughout the whole show. And um, what other thing was interesting was that the, uh, the initial group of pictures uh, were slides and prints that um, my niece's husband scanned. And I was looking at them. We actually watched the slideshow a couple of times after that. And I was looking at the shots and I was kind of amazed by the quality of the scans. And, and he's not a photographer. He was just using an Epson scanner. It was a mid range scanner. Um, I, you know, because he's a little bit more into it, he wasn't buying just a cheap scanner, but uh, the 35 millimeter slides that he scanned were looking really good. I was actually, I was like, wow. I mean, there was some dust on them, which he wasn't, he didn't have time to clean off or to spot out or anything like that. But the actual quality, even on the screen and stuff like that, was like, oh, wow, that's it got me thinking about. I mean, I've got an Epson scanner. It doesn't uh, it's an old scanner. It doesn't do slides very well. I actually have a Nikon scanner that does slides, but the thing takes so long to do. But 
those the, those film shots that he did scanned really well, and I was very impressed by those. Um, and then he was scanning some not so good prints, which he couldn't do anything about because the prints were lousy from these lousy cameras. And then the digital files were a mix because it really was depending where he where he got the digital files. And what popped into my mind uh, about this was like, okay, so um, we're in this time period with these family members, these nieces, and they grew up in the time of film and now we're in the time of digital. And so my niece's husband was able to uh, actually access a lot of these pictures. They were in um, slide binders and and photo albums and, and whatnot. And what was... And then he was able to scan them, of course. And I thought, wow, you know what? Okay, so we're in this time period uh, with, like, I'm part of this generation as well. But some of my history is film and prints. And, you know, my current history is mostly digital. I don't think I have any prints of anything now. But, you know, if you want to go into my past, you want to dig around in the box that I got, you know, my family pictures, they're right there. They're in a box, you know. Uh, there's my wife's got a family uh, photo album. You can just open those up, uh, pull them out, and we've done that a few times. You know, during memorials and parents passing away, you know, it's very easy to go do the slideshow. You know, as we're talking about, pull the prints out, drop them on a scanner, or even like take pictures of them with the phone, and you know, create uh, a digital file so to to then be able to project in a in a uh, slideshow. Um, and so that's relatively easy because we all know where the pictures are. The pictures are in a box on in the closet or in the garage, you know, in some place probably where they shouldn't be because they're being taken care of, but they're accessible, you know? And um, it got me thinking about, well, so many of the pictures now that we're taking and people who are growing up now uh, don't have prints and access to it. And they don't have the, the photo album, I'm, you know, making a generalization, but, you know, you get the idea. There's not a photo album of the work sitting someplace for someone to, you know, during their 40th birthday party to go and grab all the prints of them as kids and make scans of them. You know, uh, that stuff now is all digital. And so where are we accessing this stuff from? And it got me thinking about how I wonder how much if it's much harder now to corral all those pictures uh, than it used to be, you know? I mean, yeah, people put stuff on Flickr and Instagram, uh, maybe, you know? But not every picture is on there. Sometimes they're on their phones and stuff like that, and they're on other people's phones. And, you know, it used to be in the past when when someone took pictures of you, they'd, you'd, you know, they'd drop a bunch of prints in the mail, and suddenly you'd have a, you know, hey, we took these pictures of you during our vacation. You know, here are your prints, you know? Um that doesn't necessarily happen. Yes, people email pictures and and uh, and send them to you so you have them, but you don't really necessarily keep them in some central location. They might be in your camera roll on your phone, yes, but um, if you know I'm creating a slideshow, how am I going to access your phone to get the pictures of you, you know, and standing in front of the uh, you know Eiffel Tower in Paris during the vacation? I have to somehow figure out how to get access to these pictures especially if I'm trying to make it a surprise you know I mean if I got a box of prints I can just go through there nobody knows I'm going through there I'm scanning in late night and uh, nothing you know it's nothing's to be said but uh, these I think I'm going to be really curious like from in the future how that will be dealt with or maybe the slideshow is dead maybe that is no longer 
going to be the thing that people want to sit through during someone's significant life event party or something like that. I don't know, you know, but it did make me think that uh, got me into thinking about this idea of printing pictures, you know, making sure that those specific pictures that you want to have into the future and have people access that maybe the best way to do it is to print it. Um, But I can imagine that not everybody's going to be thinking that way. And uh, again, for those people who are going to be making slideshows in the future, it's going to be a bit of a challenge, I think, to be able to find all these things. Now, of course, you know, you can go onto someone's Instagram um, feed and you can make screenshots of their pictures. Uh, You know, there's, there's multiple ways of figuring this out. And, but it but it is a multiple thing that you have to figure out. Someone has to be very devoted to being able to to find these things. And if you're not really a digital savvy person, it might be really tricky to figure out how to create these these sort of memory events in the future. So there's something to think about. And if anybody's got you know ideas and stuff like that, drop a line. You know, let me know what you think about those. I, I can't believe I'm not thinking of I, I, I'm probably not thinking of every way that can be done, but I'm really just curious. I'm more curious. I'm not trying to solve any problems here because uh, I don't know. I don't make a lot of slideshows, but I know this is something. This is one of the things we do with these photographs. And going back to these these photographs of everybody lining up. Uh, well, let me stop. Hold that for a second. First of all, go back to the idea of quality. Right. Nobody's interested in, in high quality pictures. Now I know my my niece's um, husband is very interested in getting good quality, and I, I have no problems with that. Um, but I think when people are watching these things, the last thing on their mind is is thinking about anything like there's dust on the picture, or the picture's blurry, or whatnot. What it's doing is it's triggering a memory and triggering an emotion, and and that's the, the picture's purpose. At least it's the slideshow's purpose. Maybe that is the picture's purpose. Uh, we don't know that necessarily when we're taking the shots, what, like what's going to happen to them. But at some point, you know, in the future, it's a memory. It's a, uh, a mirror into the past, you know, and it's going to trigger emotions. And it doesn't matter, you know, if so-and-so's eyes are, you know, not looking at the camera or there's like a dust hair or something like that, you know, ultimately it doesn't matter because our brains fill in enough and, and these are triggers, for feelings and memories. So quality never matters. But going back to these lining up pictures, it's this we're, we're taking these pictures documenting um, a, a life moment or, or a, an event. You know, we're in, uh, you know, in front of the pyramids in Egypt. You know, we all line up and there are the pyramids in the background. We take the picture. Nothing is <laughs> nothing more than that. You know, it's this it's this proof that we were there. They were there at that time period, standing there at this uh, all together, you know, as a family. Someone is behind the camera, though. They're the, they're the person who's not in the picture unless they set it up on a tripod and, and or handed the camera to somebody else. But more often than not, the photographers are the unsung heroes because they're behind the camera and they're uh, they're never in. The, they're rarely in the shot. Um, but. Uh, there, these pictures are, are documents. And I'm not going to come at this subject about the art of it. And actually, I have talked to uh, Ward about uh, me and him talking about this, the idea of um, these kind of images and where they fit on the uh, continuum of art. You know, and because uh, there are people who collect other people's pictures and create galleries of them and, and whatnot, other family photographs. 
And so it's very interesting to, to approach it from that point of view. But I don't want to get into that now by myself because I really can't hash that. <laughs> I can't hash that subject out without someone else to, to go back and forth about it. But what I did come to the idea of these shots is they're documents, right? So it's documenting this locate this 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 uh, barbecue everybody was at or this event. Everybody staring at the camera, you know, awkward faces. Uh, but they're there, right? And everybody, and when we will look at those pictures together, we'll say, oh, right, so-and-so, this is so-and-so. Who is that person there? We don't remember who that person is. Oh, they just bombed the picture, but who are they, you know? And it, and it, and it begins the dialogue of the memories. The pictures are, are documents. And what popped in my mind was that they're no different in some way from, say, and I, I've talked about this before, so I'm, you're going to hear, you know, uh, you mentioned Walker Evans again, who had gone down uh, to to record um, during the uh, down in the South and the Dust Bowl to record life and uh, structure uh, during the Depression and after that. So, uh, for instance, like his his uh, his images of uh, oh gosh, we're gonna have this neo uh, the uh, oh gosh the uh, neo Greek. Uh, architecture down in uh, Louisiana, in New Orleans, right? And, you know, I guess he was recording in black and white, right? But he was making a document of this building at this time. And I believe it was, um, was he that said this? I can't remember. I'm going to get the quote wrong, but documenting the present as if it was the past. Uh, this is going to be, someone's going to fix me on this, or I'll look it up and I'll find it later. But I'm like, well, so you know, you're thinking, how are you comparing family pictures to to something like, you know, someone like uh, Walker Evans did? You know, I'm not. It's not a direct comparison. the The comparison to me is that there's uh, Walker Evans is trying not to do anything. He's 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 documenting this thing as it is. He's trying to keep his sort of vision out of it, which is really hard to do because there's all sorts of interpretations of what you're seeing, and so he can't not keep himself out of it. But I think he's going into this looking at these images or these scenes and wanting to just document, right, uh, so that the photographer's not involved. And I think the same is the, the, with the family photographs. Um, they're, they're documenting. They're showing there's no, you know, special filters. There's no – the photographer really just doesn't even come into play. I mean, there's, there's generally no styles of the pictures. In fact, if you put, you know, 10 different people's family – pictures you know next to each other we'd probably not be able to figure out who the photographers are they all look the same i mean how how different can you take shots of people standing in front of the pyramids or in front of the grand canyon or or, or whatever the, generally we're not there to do that we're not there to interpret we're there to record and and take these pictures and i thought that was you know this is interesting so yeah of course walker evans who's my hero pops into my mind when i think about these documents of the, the families, these pictures showing everybody lined up. And it's really funny that everybody lines up. It's like the same kind of picture. I wonder if cave people drew on the walls the same thing. Everybody's lined up. All right. You can tell it's it's been one of those days. I'm just <laughs> going off here. But uh, I I think, you know, and it's really interesting, and I, I, I'll probably chat with this about Ward, is how we take – someone's work like like Evans and, and raise it up to something and something like a family picture 
generally is not considered art. It's not created as art. It's created as a document. Well, Evans was doing that. He was creating a document. I don't think he was trying to create art. Uh, he might have had a, he certainly had an artistic eye and he was looking at it in a certain way. But, you know, um, his his plan was to document, you know, and, and so is ours when we take pictures of the family. So anyway, it was something that just popped in my mind as I'm sitting there looking at the shots because, you know, slideshows being what they are can be kind of long. long. You got to start you got to start thinking of things. But anyway, uh, going back to what I was saying before that to make the argument about printing your pictures. The other thing that um, I just recently did for the first time Strangely enough, I just don't get a chance to do this, but I printed up a blurb book uh, and uh, just wanted to I think just before the holidays, just before Christmas or New Year's, they had a they had a discount. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot because it's like 40 percent off. So I was like, all right, let me let me do a, you know, 20 page, uh, 30 page book. And I did, I think, a seven by seven square full bleed. So all the pictures are full bleed. And I had some fun. I did it all on my phone. They had their app on their phone. It was really fun to put the pictures because I had all the pictures with street photographer. I had them all on my phone anyway. So it was kind of fun to use their software to sort of arrange the the um, the, uh, the placement of the images uh, side by side. And uh, the one thing I couldn't do is put a, um, a the, the main cover is just a photograph. It doesn't have a name on it. Uh, but I do have a name and for an idea for a, for a project and a book and a big sort of a big thing. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. But uh, I printed it up and I got it. You know, it took a couple of weeks to get it. And I got it. And I was like, wow, you know, the quality was really good. I was, you know, I just haven't printed in a while. I think the last, I might have done blurb a while back or Adorama Picks or someplace. I can't remember. And uh, the print quality has gotten better over the years. And I, again, why am I doing this so late? I don't know. I just never get around, you know, you don't get around to these things to do. So, uh, yeah, um, I got this book and I printed it and the picture quality was great. It really looks like the way I think the picture should look. So, you know, all, all props to, to blurb for making a really good quality book. Uh, and they've got other things. Um, Mark Ryerson suggested I look into making a zine because they have, the uh, capabilities to make zines there. And, I was thinking, wow, you know, I should do that. I mean, this this idea of printing these things out, printing pictures out. Um, coming back to that, my printer that I've got here, my my um, my regular Epson printer. Uh, I'll never buy another Epson printer again. Uh, I've had, I've got I've gone through one, two, three, four of them, uh, and I I just I've had it with these things, uh, and I'm sorry, you know, this is my opinion, but in every people people have had good luck with Epson printers, and I had good luck with them. I just I am through with them though. I the, the the amount of maintenance I have to go through with an Epson printer is just it's incredible, uh, and I feel like I'm just throwing money out the window uh, with their um, with their ink and and uh, you know having to clean it up. My wife is just texting me. She's uh, she's a couple of stops away from me having to leave. So I'm gonna kind of wrap this up. <laughs> uh but I, I, i'm i have to record my outro a little bit uh, in a, a little later so uh anyway uh highly recommend blurb with the book printing i don't recommend epson printers i don't want to print my own stuff anymore at least not with these printers I'll, I'll probably look into canon or hp or something when i start to uh um when i start to want to print my own stuff but i, I can't print books here i would definitely print books through through blurb or some other place anorama picks um so Anyway, uh, printing pictures, uh, having a place to store them. Oh, and so the other idea, 
uh, that I came up with is like having some sort of digital archive where everybody in your family can store pictures. I don't know if that's possible or how that would be, but arranging that so that um, all your, you know, like, I know iPhoto, sorry, iPhones have the Photos app and you can have shared albums. I mean, I really recommend that. I mean, I don't know what other ways you can do it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Apple's uh, cloud system, but uh, I think having that is really valuable for these kind of things. So anyway, really thinking about like futurizing your archives and stuff like that and how people can access them uh, for the pictures you want to share, you know, uh, or in general. But, you know, I picture in 50 years, people are going to, there's going to be a bunch of hard drives sitting around and they're not going to be at uh, garage sales. People are going to be like, how are you going to get these pictures? Like, how are we going to see these pictures? Now, this is a bigger question. I know I've talked about this before. I don't have an answer for it, but I want people to start thinking about this stuff. Is that how are we going to access our work in the future? And, you know, I said books, printing, that's one way to get it. You know, I don't need, I've got 800,000 pictures in my Lightroom library. You know, I don't need to print up every single shot to, to, in order to share those. But printing up this book like I did at Blurb, you know, it's a selection of 60 pictures I think are worthwhile. And like in the worst case scenario, some point in the future, someone can rip the pages and scan them, you know, and, and whatever. But, um, but let's see, what else did I was thinking about? Uh, yeah. Oh, so uh, I anyway, skipping by that, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done with the family shots. If anybody has anything to th uh, thoughts about it, please just drop me a line. I'm really curious about this. And actually, I'm really I'm actually really curious about this kind of stuff uh, and I like to try to figure out. Uh, some solutions to um, this thing about archiving are our, our, what we have now. Uh, I've always been into archiving and figuring things out. I might be a little too much into it, and, but I don't really want to be the kind of person who says, ah, forget it. You know, I'm going to be dead in 60 years. Who cares about the pictures? But like one of the ways we understand the past is from the imagery that, that people have left. You know? And uh, how much do you like looking through old photographs and like, wow, look at the past back then. And so you know, at some point, the pictures that we're taking today are going to be the past, uh, you know, for someone's future. And uh, I know you probably don't want everybody to see your pictures, but there are probably some pictures, you know. And so how do future generations are, how are they going to be able to look back in time and, and see what's going on these days? And so that these are the kind of things that got triggered uh, through uh, looking at the slideshows. So, yeah. Yeah, so there was a little bit of a break there as I went to, to go pick up my wife uh, at the train and come back and have some dessert and watch some TV. So by the magic of editing, it's going to seem like I have never been gone. But yes, <laughs> the whole the whole uh, tempo was gone. But anyway, uh, if you have any thoughts about archiving pictures, uh, what it means to have family pictures, what it means to have slideshows, drop me a line. Twitter, Facebook, wherever you find me, and uh, I'd like to talk about it some more. It's something that's, like I said, something that's been on my mind for a little while. And uh, here's my not so well cat. Opie, yeah, he's feeling a little better. Had a bout of something and didn't want to eat tonight. So that always throws me for a loop when my little people are, my little guys are not feeling well. So. Hence the shorter show and the maybe a little bit discombobulated <laughs> discussion tonight. But uh, yeah, yeah, forgiveness again for uh, running late. But, you know, that's the way things bounce for me. Uh, I'm glad you're sticking with me. Happy New Year, by the way. Uh, I know this is the first show of the New Year 2020. Uh, 2020 being a really good year for seeing. <laughs> 
how many of you put uh, you know 2020 hindsight jokes in your Christmas card this year? Um, I know I did. <laughs> anyway, uh, to, to the uh, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> the uh, quotes from the beginning of the show. Uh, the first one is from uh, Jacques Henri Lartigue, and the second one is from Annie Leibowitz. Uh, thought those were kind of appropriate for the discussion of uh, family pictures and uh, timelines and stuff like that. So yeah, you can find the show notes for this episode and all the other Street Shot episodes at streetshot.photography. And you can still find me on Twitter and Instagram at amrosario. And on Flickr also at amrosario. And on Facebook, part of Switch to Manual and Rosario Photo. Actually, go to the Rosario Photo more than Switch to Manual. I haven't... Uh, updated that regularly anyway uh you can also find me and my fellow brothers in light over at the unusual collective so go check out the site at unusualcollective.photography i do dig that dot photography domain i gotta buy a few more if i get some extra money <laughs> and uh i want to plug my fellow unusuals podcasts uh you know mac and uh his uh, podcast shutter time it's sid and mac uh, shutter time with sid and mac <laughs> excuse me uh, usually Dave, Dave Spiduck and his Adventures in Creativity podcast. And finally, Brian Minear and his show called We the Creators. Check them all out. I subscribe to all of them. All my buddies, I love listening to their shows. Having those guys in my head all the time is great. And if you like this show, you can send me some exposure bucks by going to iTunes or, and giving the show a rating and reviewing and just telling your friends about it if you like it. Also sending me any kind of feedback about the show, things you want me to take a look at critique anything uh, i listen uh, i actually do enjoy any kind of critique positive or negative and i don't like to say positive or negative but just feedback because i like to try to in incorporate that into the show i really pay attention and uh finally the street shots theme music was written and produced by the genius at phyllis audio you can find out more about him at phyllisaudio.com that's p-h-y-l-l-i-s audio.com Hey, and until next time, keep shooting and working at it because things will begin to happen.